0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, and you gotta love a good bit of propaganda. This is Iran showing how tough they are. Blowing up the White House in imagery. General uh, Qasem Soleimani, the commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. It's a picture, I think it's him, right? That's him in there, and in front of the uh, in front of the White House, and it's blowing up. We will crush the USA under our feet. Well, oh. that's, that's that sounds good. That's, that that sounds like reasonable people. Huh. If we think for a second. We're going to create some peaceful world with uh, Iran. We are kidding ourselves in a way that is unhelpful. And we shouldn't kid ourselves in a way that's unhelpful. It's, it's wrong to, for us to, to think that a deal can be made. Because no deal can be made. Because the ideological differences or or the, the the cultural differences don't allow for it. Things that were able to happen even after the horrors of World War II, the Marshall Plan, and everything else, you were still you were you were dealing with a mindset that still had certain levels of values. I'm not talking about someone's going to say, "Great, Tony Katz is saying that Hitler had values." That's not what what what. What? Yeah, that's not getting said. But we're talking about the European mind. There's a difference. There's a cultural difference. There's a religious difference. There's, a, there's an attitudinal difference. Do you know the, the part that kills me? Is that we can't talk about these things without everyone calling, you know, somebody a name. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're this, that. I have conversations. It's just the way it is, guys. And I'm having it with all the sensitivity I can muster. And an honesty to the conversation. If you were to say, for example, that uh, everybody who's Muslim is a a terrorist, you would be a moron. If you said every Muslim is a terrorist, that's, that's moronic.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic
0: things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. There it is. But it's also uh, irrational to think that there aren't differences. So, for example, when you take President Barack Obama and he went to Egypt and he apologized for the United States, they called it the apology tour. Is there in Cairo giving that speech? In other cultures, Arab cultures, humility is seen as weakness. It isn't seen as something that is good. It isn't seen as as a virtue. It is seen as weakness. And that's how Barack Obama was seen by the Middle East. That's how they were seen. It, it It can't be denied. And you have to recognize that there are differences. How else to understand people if you don't understand that there are differences? This whole idea, you know, we're all the same. We're not all the same. We have never been all the same. Honest people recognize differences. And you have to recognize that you can't create a peace with an Iran run by the mullahs and the clerics. That's my point. That if you want peace with Iran, it has to be with the Persians who are living under thumb. The ones who are in right now revolt and protesting. The mass protests that have been going on in Iran over the economic uh, situation there, which is a, a big hot mess. And what's their talking point? Stop giving money to terrorists. Start taking care of the people of Iran. By the way, since Iran changed its name in the, in the 30s because uh, of, of a love for Hitler, why not change it back to Persia? Is there an issue with that? I haven't been able to get a, a good answer on that. I would love to know. Why not just change it back to Persia? Why are we calling it Iran? Why? why what? What's What's the value? There, let's maybe we should change it back, but maybe there's a reason we don't. And so I'd love for someone to to share that with me if they know uh, if they know the reason. That'd be great. Facebook Tony Katz Radio or Twitter at Tony Katz. So understand that the people they don't want to support terrorism. They want to take care of the country. And what is it that Soleimani is is posting pictures of himself looking all rugged? Oh, he's looking all rugged like a poor man Sean Connery. Looking all rugged in front of an exploding uh white House with the American flag in in tatters, exactly what the protesters have been saying is going on, what the problem is, what the issue is that's uh that's what the issue is right there as clear as day. it's kind of important to 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 note. Uh, which, which way these things have to be looked at and some of the stories that don't get reported because all you'll hear from, from mainstream media is, oh, the, this wouldn't be a problem if, if the president stayed in the nuclear deal. You know, the nuclear deal is really what, what kept Iran from, from becoming a nuclear power, all mythology. Look at what it is they're doing. It was President Trump who said, listen, I'll sit down with them." I'll, I'll, I'll try and work out a peace deal. You know what they said? Bite me. President Trump said, I would sit down with them and work out a, a peace deal. And the Iranians said, ain't nobody got time for that. They're not interested. They don't care. You have to accept the fact that they're never going to care, that they are uh, the enemy. And they want to do damage to the United States. It's what moves and motivates them. Russia, very much the same way. They just want to just poke and prod, though. According to the Russian military, two nuclear strategic bombers have uh, uh, flown uh, a part of an air force exercise uh, right near the Chukotka Peninsula. That's Alaska, right? Right there. They're Tu-160 bombers, and they flew about 4,300 miles from their home base. Uh, to uh, Chukotka before returning to their home base. It was the first time the bombers had flown, and that's uh, basically uh, Russia right there, and then uh, the Bering Strait, and then uh, Alaska. They have been doing this for a long time, by the way. This is kind of what they do. The Tu-160 is known as the Tupolev Tu-160, a variable sweep-wing heavy strategic bomber. Designed... uh, it was brought into service in '87. It's meant to carry the hardware, as I as I know it. And this isn't the first time. This is what they do. They they buzz uh, other uh, U.S. pilots. They they get in in front of of U.S. warships. They come close to U.S. Uh, naval bases. This is what they do. They've been doing this for a long time. This was to show the bombers could get close to the United States. Right, So you have a fundamentally different thing here uh, with, with, uh, with Russia. You see, it, the, the mullahs and the clerics, they want to destroy the United States. That is to move their, their ideological agenda forward. Putin wants to show continued strength to the United States so the United States won't get in their way as they try to rebuild their Russia. Vladimir Putin is a KGB guy who feels a personal sense of failure for the fall of the Soviet Union, and he is desperate to bring back the glory. The, the calls, not, not, don't think of it just the takeover of Georgia, the, the questions of what's going on there. Uh, in, in, you know, uh, I'm sorry, not takeover of Georgia, takeover of Crimea, what's going on there in Ukraine. Don't think of, of, of that. Think of the call that he made for Russians to come back home and to uh make babies. Why? Cuz the population's dwindling and how do you have a great nation without people? How do you do it? It's about creating the 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 Mother Russia that should always have been and trying to keep the United States at bay by messing with them. This is what they do. Elections? Yes. In military uh, maneuvers? Yes. This is who they are. Right, you deal with that differently. You deal with that differently. But with, with the Iran, with the mullahs and the clerics, you can't deal with them. It's going to have to come uh, to to a level of warfare. Certainly, you have to start by supporting those protesters and hope that they can do the job. Life without the Ayatollah would be a better life for everybody. I'm Tony Katz. We were staying in Paris to get away from your parents and our- if I could take this in a shot
1: right now I don't think
0: that we could work this out Out on a terrace I don't know if it's fair, but I thought how could I let you fall Tony Katz, so good to be with you. Well, is the gift out. that keeps on giving and President Trump has found new ways to go a- trolling. He must enjoy it so. Hello. Hey, sir, how are you? You doing all right? You having fun, Mr. President? Everything okay? Hi, Tony. Hey, sir. Now you know that President Trump is uh, suing the taking uh, Armorosa to arbitration for uh, defying and and breaking her NDA or non disclosure agreement. Yet you go to work someplace, you might very well have to sign a non non disclosure agreement. Certainly something about disparaging others, sure. I, I, don't, I don't. That's standard operating procedure. When, I, when the press acts in this way, like they're clutching their pearls and they can't believe these things happen, can't believe there's gambling in this establishment. You know, it's ridiculous. It's like they have, it's like they're proud of the fact that they have no real world experience whatsoever. They're, they're, they're thrilled by this. They're almost overjoyed by this. Happy to, to believe that nothing ever happened of, of any kind like this. It's so sad that they lie so aggressively. Well, one of the things that's gone on. Uh, in this claim, right? So, so Amorosa is the former aide. Amorosa is the apprentice contestant. Y- you hate Amorosa, <laughs> just in case. How do I feel about Amorosa? Oh, that's right. I hate her. That's that's exactly it. And and there's nothing there to like. And she kind of revels in that. And she's okay with being America's heel, right? Or the heel of America in the in the wrestling parlance, right? She's fine with it. Well, not only has she turns out it audio-taped, recorded almost everybody she's ever dealt with in the administration, including Lara Trump, the 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 daughter in law of the president, who took it really personally. Supposedly they were close and they were friends and they talked about things and uh she called it a sisterhood. Was that it? Right? And and trusted her. And then uh here's uh here's Amarosa recording Lara Trump and others, right? So she's like, this is, you know, hope it was worth it. Hope it was worth it, Amarosa. Uh, to be to be this 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 person. Well, Omarosa is also claiming that she has heard the infamous tape, audio tape of President Trump using the N word. Now, it has uh, no one's heard the tape. There's a question about whether or not uh, the 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 tape uh, exists. There's a question about whether or not it exists. This is a uh, Daily Beast reporter, Aswin subsang I think I'm pronouncing his name right talking to uh, leftist radio host Bill press who I'm no fan of about the supposed n-word tape
1: well I I actually uh, back during the campaign and up uh, through the presidential transition in uh, late 2016 I actually looked into this because it's been a long-standing rumor since yeah. the days of the campaign yeah. that there is a Donald Trump n-word tape dating back to his days at the apprentice okay. um, I Talked to uh, dozens upon dozens of people at the Apprentice for a series of stories, or who used to work at the Apprentice. Right. Some still do, some don't anymore. Uh, to sort of get Donald Trump-related stories as the campaign was wrapping up, uh, we published a lot of them. Some of which look made Donald Trump look pretty nasty. I couldn't find a single person who knew what the hell people were talking about when it came to, this, to this, mythical, this mythical N-word tape. And so far, that's still the case based on my reporting and the reporting of other people, including Yashar Ali at the Huffington Post, who popped a story I think about nine or ten hours ago where the person who Omarosa had claimed to people had come to the White House and played her a tape of Donald Trump saying uh, that racial epithet, right. sort of laughed on the phone. It's like, no, what, what is Omarosa talking about? What is Omarosa talking about? Lynn Patton is
0: one of those people who was in that inner circle. Lynn Patton, um, an administration official who I'm not very familiar with, but part of that world with Omarosa and and, uh, Katrina Pearson and a host of others. She's one of the people that Omarosa talks about, I think, in her book, a pathetic, embarrassing, nonsense, garbage, crap, uh, her book. I don't know what the name of the book is. No one cares. No one cares. The Ari read the book. Ari actually bought it. Ari actually bought a producer. Ari. He's so sad. Sad. Sad little man. Um. But she put out a statement. She put out a statement. Official statement on Amorosa. Manigault Newman. Here it is. I'm gonna. Re- I'm gonna read uh, parts of it to you, because she's one of these people, just like everybody else who was around her, um, that thought of Amorosa as a dear friend. Talked to her multiple times a day. But when Omarosa attempted to contact me just two days ago, I refused to accept her call. To be clear, at no time did I participate in a conference call with Katrina Pearson advising me, Jason Miller, and Omarosa that Frank Luntz had heard the president uh, use a derogatory racial term, a claim that Luntz himself also denied. Yeah, they brought Frank Luntz, the pollster, into this saying he had heard it, and he's like, what? What? Don't be, don't be ridiculous. And so she discusses that Omarosa once told her, listen, I know this tape exists. I know it's real. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resign, and you should do the same. Well, the next morning after she said this, um, she, she goes to one of the people in the Trump administration and goes, hey, this happened. And Omarosa said this, and that's when they told her, told her oh, yeah, she was fired last night. And that's when Lynn Patton starts going. Oh my goodness, did she just try and play me? She lied to me about being fired. She said she resigned, uh, and 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 she she got fired. And so she says uh, that uh, the former Apprentice producer, Bill Pruitt, that's the one that Omarosa revealed as the original source of the N word tape. Bill Pruitt's a friend, and she says I spoke to Bill Pruitt tonight just before releasing this statement. He confirmed to me before Amorosa was done on the show Hardball where she had made this announcement that it was Bill Pruitt who was the original source that he does not have an audio tape of President Trump using the N-word and has never had an audio tape of President Trump using the N-word, period. Now it was Pendulette. Who was on Celebrity Apprentice, the the the, the illusionist, and oh, do oh, I love Penn and Teller? They're they're absolutely great. Penn Jillette, uh, huge libertarian. I enjoy him quite a bit. I don't agree with everything, but I, I enjoy him quite a bit. Um, he said, "Listen, I totally heard Donald Trump say things during uh, during the show that made my skin crawl." However, I can't tell you what it was. And his rationale is, "I'm a storyteller. I lie." Because that's what I do. I'm going to get facts wrong. I'm going to get dates wrong. I'm going to get figures wrong. I'm going to get this wrong, that wrong, and the other wrong. He said things that made my skin crawl, but I couldn't tell you a single thing, and I won't. So he's like, yeah, it's something he said, but I can't tell you anything else about it. And here is a, the, 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 the word of, of one of the people involved in terms of dealing with Omarosa saying, I checked. There's no tape. Does it even matter at this point? Something that I have discussed here and described many, many times and is extremely important because it helps you understand uh, exactly what it is uh, that, that you're dealing with and why there's this level of, of focus on, on a tape that has not been found, that may never be found, that may not even exist, because the existence is inconsequential. What matters is the charge. What they want is the charge that President Trump used the N-word. They want to call him racist, so they need this. Whether or not the tape exists is inconsequential. Now, why Omarosa is getting herself involved in this? That's that's a good question. That's a good question to which I, I can't give you an answer. She makes the claim that it was played for her. She makes the claim that she heard it. But nobody else has ever uh, come close to hearing it. But let's say that part doesn't matter because it doesn't. What matters is you keep up the idea that the tape exists. We spoke about uh, Harry Reid, who I think is one of the worst people, a a brutal, brutal politician, ruled the Senate with an iron fist when he was the, the Senate Majority Leader. He was from Nevada. Brutal. And he had, uh, on the on the floor of the Senate in the 2012 election made the claim that Mitt Romney, the GOP nominee, didn't pay his taxes. And when people said, "Well, what proof do you have?" he said, "Why are you asking me? Go ask Mitt Romney." What? What? You you're the one who said he didn't pay. Uh, don't ask me. <laughs> Mitt Romney has to answer this question. I don't know why you're asking me. I mean, that's sick and twisted. That is that is disgusting. That's just screaming witch. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Because the proof was inconsequential. By the way, of course Mitt Romney paid his taxes. Of course he paid his taxes. But that part is inconsequential. You needed the charge. Progressives are not interested in the crime. They're interested in the charge and keeping the charge alive so they can denigrate and destroy their enemy. That's the interest. It isn't about the facts. It isn't about the truth. The stuff is garbage. They don't care. It's so insignificant. They care about the damage they can do. That's what they care about. It's the only thing that matters. So I don't know how many more ways we can see that there doesn't seem to be a tape. And I cannot explain to you in how many ways those who want there to be a tape won't care if there is a tape. (laughs) Because it's not what they're after. They're after the full-on destruction uh, of the president. They want to destroy him. They want him out of office. They want to ruin him in any way possible. Remember, he was only a racist when he decided to run for president. Before that, he was a guy that people wanted to take their picture with. And if he happened to have kissed you in the lobby of Trump Tower, you would have called your friends and said, you would not believe what happened to me. Donald Trump kissed me. Oh, my God, what I would give for that money. Just saying what happened. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz in Venezuela is trying to figure out a way to be a country again and their answer is cryptocurrency. Well, first they're taking like four or five zeros off of their currency. That way the the currency will be worth more. Is is that is that is that basically the plan here? The 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 economics of socialism say if you take some zeros off of the currency, it'll somehow be w- worth more. Don't you add zeros to the currency to make it worth more isn't that the way it's supposed to go that isn't isn't that uh I, I, I thought I always thought you at you wanted more zeros I I, I I thought uh that's that that's the math like if you had a dollar and you added a zero and then boom you'd have ten dollars you'd be like that is awesome but to cut inflation, they're going to remove three zeros I'm sorry not five three zeros The largest bill in circulation is uh, the 100,000 note, but it can't buy a cup of coffee. It can't buy a cup of coffee, so the plan is to remove the three zeros and remove from circulation current banknotes and coins and put into circulation new ones from June 4th. This This is great. This is great. Socialism is just a dream come true, isn't it? The rules of economics don't apply. Uh, the rules of 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 decency don't apply. Nah, not nah, why, why why bother. But the best is the cryptocurrency. Unveiling their own cryptocurrency for the oil trade, prices and salaries, and a bid to revive the economy. No one can get on the internet in Venezuela, but that part's inconsequential. These are people who are killing donkeys to eat. They eat. Pigeons. They sell out their daughters in order to get milk and sugar and meat, which is all controlled by the military because that's what you want. Thank goodness the government is there to save them. Honestly, we should stop calling it Venezuela Venezuela and start calling it Cortesia. We really should. The beautiful nation of Cortez. That you know what? That's what we're gonna start doing. The beautiful nation of Cortez, formerly known as Venezuela. This is what she wants. And if you say to me, no, what she wants is Sweden, uh, Sweden is not socialism, and you can't give me any guarantee that she can make it happen. Bernie Sanders, Cassie Cortez, any of these other uh, people, give me the guarantee. Give us the guarantee that we're going to get Sweden and not Venezuela. And the answer is you can't give it. You can't give it. Try as you might. You cannot give it. When they ask you, remind them. They can't give the guarantee. And by the way, ask, the, ask yourself, do you think they're really smart enough to give you Sweden? I, I, I don't. Yeah. Same answer I got. Overheard.
2: <laughs> On Tony Katz Today. Hey, it's Friday, baby. Oh, baby. <sighs> Let's do some overheard together, yes? Okay, then. All right, so as you are well aware by now, the mainstream media has been incessantly talking about one thing and one thing only this week. They're obsessed. I tell you, it's as though it's some kind of weird sexual fetish. Not that I'm passing judgment, mind you.
0: And that one thing, of course. N-word. 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 N-word
2: word. Did he say it? Did he not say it? If he did say it, then in what context did he say it? Did he say it more than once? Did he whisper it under his breath? Did he scream it? Did he direct it at a specific person? Are the allegations true that he and Melania use it in the bedroom Is their safe word? There are questions America must know the answers to. Hey, Amorosa, you seem like a completely and totally forthright, trustworthy individual who would only lie for one reason and one reason only, and that, of course, is to further the greater truth, because, you know, sometimes you gotta do what's necessary Ends justify the means. It's all right to lie as long as you lie out of love, and it's all part of the greater process in the journey to tell your truth, which may or may not be an accurate representation of the actual truth, but hey, does it change the overall nature of the truth? Anyhow, I'm Rosa. Trumpy. used the N-word. You heard it yourself, right? I had an opportunity to go out in Los Angeles and sit down
3: with the person who actually has a copy of the tape and I heard his voice as clear as you and I are sitting you here. You have heard the tape I have heard since
2: publication tape. of this book. Absolutely. So you know it exists. And I know it exists. Well, there you have it. But anyone find it interesting at all that not one single reporter has bothered to ask her any details about the tape? You know, basic questions that any high school journalist would know to ask, such as, in what context was the word used? What was the conversation about specifically? Was he referring to a specific person? Was there anger raging? his voice? Was he yelling or speaking in a calm manner? Was he ranting or was he having a conversation with another person? Was that other person male or female? Did you recognize the other voice in the recording? Was the recording from a microphone that picked up the conversation during the production of the show or was it recorded on a phone or other device without his knowledge? You should at least be able to answer that considering how experienced you are with that sort of thing!
3: Calm down. I'm calm. Calm down. I'm calm. You don't have to ask 10 questions in one second. It's okay. Okay,
2: just answer one. Calm down. I'm calm. See, here's the issue, Ambarosa. I don't have any audio of Donald Trump saying the N-word. But thanks to the magic of your favorite activity, I do have audio of you singing the praises of Donald Trump right up until the point you were fired. I was so happy
3: when Donald Trump declared that he was going to run. You all know him as the president. I know him as a friend. I know his heart. But Donald Trump is a trailblazer on women issues. And so not only do I support him as a human being who has incredible character and a great vision, but his policies affect my community where I live in Los Angeles and that's really why I stand by him. And I believe that you will see that this president is going to be incredible for this country and I am excited about what's happening with this administration, I'm very honored to be a part of it. He was the right choice for America. When I say Trump train, I want you to say choo-choo, y'all ready? Trump train,
2: shoot, shoot. shoot, shoot.
3: shoot,
2: shoot. Well, Omarosa, here's the thing. We have no inward tape. We have no one coming forward to validate your claims. We have many people coming forth to invalidate your claims. And now, with the magic of technology, we have a lovely and quite extensive montage of you praising the good president. So, what do you say now, dear? I've got a credibility issue. True that, babe. True that. I'm Brian Baker. Hey, have a fabulous
0: weekend. Oh, it's Brian Baker. That's overheard. Oh. Usually play that, you know. In the show, want to share it from time to time. It's fun. It's good. Brian Baker uh, does good work. Unemployment. This this just, yeah, this is just in. Youth unemployment, 52-year low. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. But not this low since or 65. Or is it 70? No, 70. Not this low since, uh, well, I'll say 65 or 70. And it is right now at 7.3%. So for 20 to 24 year olds, it's 7.3%. For 16 to 24 year olds, it's 9.2%. And for 16 to 19 year olds, it's 13.4%. That's an interesting number. Why, why, why I don't know why they break out 16 to 19 year olds. I'm not quite sure why that's its own uh, category. And I assume that has something to do with uh, the push to get into college and things like that, and therefore you're not working. Uh, more people aren't working in those uh, in those years. But in terms, if it's unemployment, then is it just is it just about a, a weird time? I can't. I'm trying to do the math to figure out that number. and I have absolutely, positively. And uh, no clue. Well, so if it's first entry to workforce, that means they're no longer the jobs that are available. And let's say that fast food world, or some other things. So they need to find other ways to get employed, but there still has to be some level of, of entry somewhere. I'm curious as to how all that works out. But these are the latest numbers. These numbers all speak the same language. They all speak the same language, and that language... It has to do with tax cuts and philosophy about the economy. You know what? Not even about philosophy. No, no, no. Not even about tax cuts. Don't bother. It's about attitude. It is about belief that things are better, that there is a right track, that there's a conversation at play that says, yeah, you can go out there and make a living now, as opposed to shame on you for making a living. Right it's a, it's a different attitude. Attitude is important. It is that consumer confidence conversation. Think of what that is. Consumer confidence um is is the idea of you feel good about what's going on and you have a faith that it's going to get better, that you can be a part of it. That it's working for you. Really important. Very, very important, and all of these things lead to more consumer confidence. You know, I I always hate that we separate out uh, the the job numbers based on black and Hispanic. But you take a look at the job numbers, and I know that there was some confusion. It was it was Sarah Huckabee Sanders who was talking about job numbers, and uh, and she had the wrong numbers from the Obama years. She had the right numbers in general, in that um. President Trump, uh, in in, in these, since he took office, seven hundred thousand jobs have been created uh, for 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 Black Americans, right? Uh, and so what she said is that President Obama left after eight years in office; he'd only created one hundred ninety-five thousand jobs. That's not. That's not it. It's her first. She got the information that talks to the the the, the two years, as opposed to uh, the 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 full term. Um, And and that's what that's where she she really made a mistake there. And it was uh, what's known as the CEA, the Council of Economic Advisors that apologized publicly to Sarah Huckabee Sanders for getting her uh, the wrong numbers. And Sarah Sanders said, you know, correction from today's briefing. This was a few days ago. Uh, Job numbers for President Trump and President Obama were correct, but the time frame for President Obama wasn't. I'm sorry for the mistake, but no apologies for the 700,000 jobs for African Americans created under President Trump. And there should be. 700,000 jobs a lot. Here's what I find so interesting. What I find so interesting is that everybody called her a liar. Everybody said she lied. About President Obama and the jobs created. Allow me a take, if if you don't mind. She didn't lie. She had the wrong information. She corrected the record and gave the right information. But if it is indeed a lie, what makes it any different than all the stories we talked about yesterday regarding President Trump and the lies of CNN and others? When they tell stories or push narratives and then have to recant and retract, change, correct, all those things. What's the difference? If Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a liar, why isn't CNN a group of liars? Why not? Why isn't that the case? If, we want, if we're if we going to now play this game that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a no-good, filthy liar, lying about President Obama, lying about the job numbers and what he created, well, then let's go down the road. Anything that is considered a mistake is therefore a lie, and the person is a liar. So why isn't there a fake news conversation? Because Sarah Sanders, at least of her own doing, has won, talking about her own words— And the press has got hundreds. Well, I've got a hundred in front of me. So we'll just go with the hundred in front of me. I don't want to prove it, Tony. And then, you get the whole thing. It's a question that they need to answer. If you want me to believe that someone can make a mistake, I will. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders has one. One. We're not talking about... Whether or not she's defending the President of the United States and things that he said or tweets, that might be things that you don't like, right? We're not talking about what the President may have said, which may be provably false, okay? We're not getting into that. We're discussing something that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that she takes responsibility for and she apologizes for. She's got one. CNN, how many do they have? Jim Acosta, how many does he have? Brian Ross, how many do they have? Does he have? Or ABC News? I mean, if we're going to play the game, play it to the end. Don't ever back down from this idea that it is indeed true. There is fake news out there. And unfortunately, some people love to push it. Because why? Destruction of the president is their first and foremost goal. I mean, it's an awful way to live. I wouldn't want to live that way, but that's them. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Like the page, the podcast, TonyKatz.com. Betty Cook Scott. What is wrong with this woman? Betty Cook Scott is uh, a Democrat in Michigan. And uh, she, what what position is she uh, running for? Is she, oh, is she running against, uh, yeah, she's, she okay. She's running against... Um. Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Uh, Stephanie Chang, mm-hmm. right, during the primary, Correct. right? They're both Democrats. So you've got uh, state rep Betty Cook-Scott running against uh, uh, another state uh, representative, Stephanie Chang, during a, a primary uh, election. And the report is that Betty Cook-Scott Said of Stephanie Chang that her campaign volunteers, I can Can I quote? Am I allowed to say this? Quoting, yeah. quoting her campaign volunteers are ching chongs. Holy crap. Yes, because she's Asian. All right. We understood uh, um, that part. Holy cow. what kind of what makes you come to that place why in the world would you even come close that is surreal that is absolutely surreal but it it didn't get uh much 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 press it didn't get much uh press at all because you know it's two Democrats and uh, they don't want to, and and the, uh, the 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 woman who said it is black, so I think that's another reason. Now you're saying to me, Tony, is that really the case? And my answer is, when we see these racial things happen, we end up in a horrible place. That we don't look at things and say on their face that they're wrong. We look at them and say, here's what got said. Now take a physical look at who said it, and then make the decision on whether or not it's a news story. that's what we do well I shouldn't say we why would I put you and I in that category it's not what you and I do it's what they do and that's what's so awful now the one thing I didn't get to man and shame on me President Trump on opioids he is so so wrong this is President Trump speaking to uh, he's at a cabinet meeting. He's talking to the Attorney General Jeff Sessions talking like their friends by the way
1: I'd like us to
2: look at some of the litigation that's already been started with companies Uh, Rather than just joining them, I'd like to bring a federal lawsuit against those companies.
0: Wrong. This idea of suing opioid manufacturers is just wrong because people should not have to live in pain because other people are abusing drugs. Because other people are overprescribing. There's no reason whatsoever this should happen. I do not believe that people should live in pain at all. And at any time, it's madness to me. And those who create these, these opioids, which help millions of Americans, they haven't done anything wrong. Now, if you could say to me or show me where they're, they're uh, lying about the addictive nature of their properties, sure, addictive properties of their products, sure. Otherwise, what are you doing? You can't attack these people. You want if you think people should live in pain, you're just wrong. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're the president of the United States, guy walking down the street. Don't don't damage others because other people are are doing something wrong. Uh, Monday, everyone. Tomorrow, take care.